I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scanlon Center on campus, and this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 24, Team 129, season opener, Friday night, 7 o'clock at Alfred, joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Kevin DeWall. Welcome back. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So how much do you look back before you look forward? Last year, 7-4, and four, you didn't win the ECAC Bowl little step back and obviously not where you want to be. You want to be winning a Liberty League title and going on to the big dance. Yeah, we always reflect. I think before you uh, can build the foundation of what's to, to come, you got to really reassess where you were at. And um, I think we did a deep dive both from a staff standpoint, personnel standpoint, everything across the board that we can uh, evaluate. And then we really jumped forward. I thought we had a really good winter, really good spring. In terms of moving forward and growing, what Team One Twenty Nine was going to be. So, um, but as always, I think you got to go in with a plan and, and assess what we had, and we've done that and uh, moved on. And this team's going to be very uniquely different than last year's team. For whatever it's worth, the experts have picked you to finish third in the Liberty League, which is about you know the pecking order hasn't changed much in the last couple of years. Ithaca, RPI, Hobart. Do you address that at all with the team? Do you say, hey, you know, this is what the world thinks of you? How can we be better? We've brought that up zero times with our guys, Um, partly because of, uh, I think we know where we finished last couple of years. The teams that have won our conference have been the most experienced teams. Um, Last year it was Ithaca, the year before it was RPI, and we've battled with those teams. Uh, I think what we need to show now is growth and maturity and hopefully no longer be the younger team that's contending for the title, but one of the more experienced teams that's contending. We're not quite there yet, uh, but I do believe we have a good nucleus returning of guys that are hungry and focused to, to show improvement from last year. And I also think we got a good combination of some younger guys, and I say younger, not necessarily first years, but sophomores, juniors that are, are ready for a larger role this year. So um, that's the fun part, I think, of, of team sports, and especially with football. There's so many moving parts that what are perceived strengths and weaknesses from the year prior can be thrown out the window because we're all kind of forming our new identity this year. Uh, what worked and didn't work last year is uh, is completely irrelevant to now what works for us right now. So uh, we've had about two and a half weeks of preseason camp where we've been uh, storming and forming and trying to figure out what this team's going to be. And the reality is we're not, we don't have it all figured out. Um, not many teams do at this point. Uh, so I think we're going to learn a lot about ourselves on Friday night at Alfred, a good opponent on the road. But more importantly, we're going to grow from it. And I think you're going to see each week, especially with a, a team that we have that uh, I think we're going to start to form who we are, what our identity is, and hopefully by weeks three, four, five, start to have a better sense on what our true strengths and true weaknesses are. How has camp gone, and what are your impressions of Team 129 just a couple of days now from the start of the year? Yeah, I think there's been, uh, I think, a, a very controlled hunger that we've had since we we met right at the end of the last season. So last November, December, I think there were some really honest conversations of, of where we were and, and kind of what we left on the table. And I think uh, the, the leadership group, the Pride Council in particular, has really taken it on themselves to have a more team-led team. I think we saw last year that it was more coach-led than player-led at times. And we had very good leaders, but there was also a inconsistency in that leadership piece. Uh, I think that was uh, what was observed from the feedback from the players. And I think that was assessed from uh, the coaching staff as well. So collectively from the coaching staff down, we've been very clear in our communication and and what we're asking of the guys. And I think they've had a really good winter and spring. Um, Obviously, you go home. We have a lot of guys doing internships and different jobs over the summers. And then we came back. 
But when we came back, we were hitting the ground, uh, running a little bit faster than we've done in different situations. Um, I think our defense was clearly ahead of our offense, which normally is, but especially with the amount of experience we're bringing back on defense. And honestly, on offense, um, at a couple positions where I know people from the outside are going to have questions on. Actually, I think the questions have been pleasantly surprised in terms of where guys have, have moved the needle from their own individual growth and improvement. Now we just got to collectively put it together. And the cohesiveness piece isn't quite there yet in terms of, you know, I think every coach wants a little bit more time to, to establish that cohesiveness. That's where I, I think as a coach, I'm pleased with where we're at, but I also know that we're going to learn and grow significantly over these first couple of weeks. One Hobart team made the leap. Hobart Hockey winning the national championship in March. How much time do you get to talk to Mark Taylor, and is there anything you can learn from him about how he got to the top? Absolutely. Uh, I think we have a coach, uh, coaching staff here that's very tight and cohesive across all the sports. So uh, ironically, Coach Taylor came in and spoke to our guys last year in preseason and knew that they were going to have a strong team coming in, and he talked – so uh, we as coaches lean on one another to, to grow, and I'm always trying to observe and pick up little uh, little areas that help me as a coach individually. But I think collectively, we also try to look at um, you know they did a they had a fantastic job of coaching, uh, staying healthy, you know, some talent players, and just watching that run. I mean, we were there uh, cheering them on, and, and uh, I think that shows the camaraderie for the sports here that we all kind of look to help that hope that each team's doing well and not just on the men's side, but on the women's side as well, uh, all, all across campus. And I think the better that certain teams do, that it, it encourages competition. I also think that encourages the fact of that sense of pride that we all want to make sure that we're carrying the flag and, and leading as best as we can. So I uh, had some opportunities to catch up with, with Mark, Coach Taylor, and, and, and um, obviously congratulate them on a great season. And similar to kind of we've done in the past, now you got the first one, you always want to win that next one. And um, not quite the national title yet for us, but – uh, we're, we're always looking to to grow, and, and I think he's uh, you know a great resource, and I know that uh, our guys had a, a really uh, enjoyable time watching that sense of pride of what they did by bringing that national title back to the campus. You mentioned staying healthy. Tim Denham Jr., Rayshon Boswell, when healthy and the holes are there, are as good as anybody in the country. They weren't 100% healthy last year. How are they this year, and how is the line going to be in front of them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And First of all, Tim and Ray will – they're, they're heading into their final season here, so I know there's a, a, a focus and determination with each of those to um, showcase that uh, last year was an aberration, not, not the norm for them. Uh, I do think our biggest question mark on either side of the ball is going to be our offensive line play. You know, I'm just we uh, we graduated three senior starters. Um, <clears throat> we had another senior s- starter that uh, decided to not return to the team for personal reasons, uh, and then our other senior starter has been out with an injury. So um, we've gone on taking um, some cross reps with scrimmages with the other good opponents with all young offensive linemen. And I say young, they're seniors mixed in there, seniors, juniors, sophomores, but guys that have a, a significantly increased role. Um, that position specifically will have a huge hand in how quickly they can grow. Um, and we saw that in the years past that we've been productive with younger O-lines, but there's a sense of just protection and the consistency of how to run the ball. I think our running back group is as talented as it's ever been. Um, we're going to talk about Tim, we're going to talk about Ray, but what we have returning and with our incoming young running backs, we can go six, seven deep, and our sixth and seventh running back are pretty talented. So obviously we can't play all those guys, but I do believe we've established depth in that position in case there is the, um, the sake of injuries like we did last year. 
our top three running backs came out of Alfred dinged up last year, week one, and that kind of filtered out throughout the season. So uh, we hope that Tim and Ray will stay healthy, but I also think we've done a good job recruiting and developing both uh, returning players and incoming players that are going to be able to add not just uh, depth to the running back position, but also on special teams. Are you going to use Denham and Boswell in a lot of different ways like you did? We saw some wildcat with both those guys. Rayshon's a threat to go anytime he touches it. You've split him out some as wide receiver. Do you want to keep those guys moving around the field and keep the defense going, okay, where's one, where's two? I think we have to. I think right now is if if we're defending ourselves, you got to you know, look at how young you are at O-line. Obviously, there's unproven um, – success yet at the quarterback position even though I know we'll talk about uh, Johnny uh, being our starter Johnny Columbia's gonna be our starting quarterback but I gotta believe most defenses are gonna try to say like how do you key on the proven commodities of Tim and Ray well I also think Tim and Ray could be two of the best receivers if they were all-time receivers for us in our conference so uh, I think they're that type of athlete that I don't want to just limit them Um, so I do believe throwing the ball to them or getting them spread out I mean, uh, that's the the exciting part is trying to figure out as we grow what this offense is going to be, take proven skill sets, but also still unproven in terms of how we mix it with the offensive line. Uh, but I think the combination of receivers, we got uh, a ton of question marks at the tight end position right now. So what group or combinations thereof give us our best chance to be efficient and successful? And that's what we're going to try to determine. And uh, we have some ideas, but based off of crossing a very good Hobart defense through preseason camp, and then a couple of teams that we've crossed in terms of uh, scrimmage. Now it's going to be really interesting to see how does Alfred match up to us. So in-game adjustments, especially on offense, is going to be crucial for us. Um, I have a hunch on how they're going to defend us, but I also know we go in with a couple different options so that we're not going to be surprised if they try to do take away one aspect of the offense over the other. We saw some of Johnny Columbia quarterback last year, strong arm, great legs, Uh, What does he need to do to make the leap to starter and being an effective starter and an effective leader for this team? Well, he did a great job starting back in December. Um, He was selected as one of our pride council, one of our leaders. Uh, He did a fantastic job leading the offense back in the the winter and the spring. So he earned it. Uh, We named our starter um, after the scrimmage, as we always do, but he was clearly our number one quarterback. Um, Graduating three other seniors were young at that position, so there's good competition from two to two to five. But uh, he established himself as the number one early and often, and a lot of it's just his understanding of the offense and the ability to get us in the best play possible. Um, he's very smart, very cerebral, and yes, he's athletic, he's efficient with his arm. But I think he does a really good job uh, up to this point, and he'll be thrown into the wolves a little bit on Friday with just you know a young offensive line. Is can he? help make that young O-line be right if they are wrong. Um, with some of his decisions, some of his checks, audibles, his timing of, of getting rid of the ball and, and throwing through his read progressions has been really good up to this point. So uh, I think we'll be uh, this will be his first start, uh, but I also think he's got some experience and, and really moved the needle from a, a learning and mental capacity here in the winter and spring so that anything we've thrown at him so far – um, he's handled, and more importantly, if he hasn't gotten it right, he's a quick learner and has gotten it right by the second rep. You always get a little scared when a quarterback runs because of the injury possibility, but he's a guy that can make big plays. Do you expect to call his number on some run plays, or do you want to keep it safe there? Yeah, I think uh, the best thing he can do is use the athletes around him. I think our wide receiver group has, has, has shown uh, significant improvements. I think we just talked about the depth of the running back position. So he'll have ample uh, opportunities to get the ball out to other guys. But I do believe 
I don't want to take away his, his strength of, of having that mobility. Uh, I'd like him to be a mobile quarterback, not a running quarterback. So when the time presents itself, I'm sure he can be a threat and extend plays or create some plays there. But I do think he's got to be smart in terms of how to take on certain hits. Um, uh, I would hope that he's not our leading rusher. <laughs> if we could have, uh, if we could have our druthers, I'd rather our running backs and wide receivers be touching the ball a little bit more than he is. I think he's going to do a great job managing and putting the offense in the best position possible. And whether that means getting the ball in the perimeter, throwing it deep, throwing intermediate, handing the ball off. Uh, as always, we want to attack teams east to west, north and south, make them defend the entire field. So the principles haven't changed. Just how it might look might look a little different. You've always had a fairly deep passing game at Hobart. I mean, when you complete balls, it's 15, 16 yards per, and he's got a strong arm. So I, I would expect we're going to see him throw the ball downfield a significant amount of the time. I think teams are going to try to uh, show uh, showcase and, and say, like, you're going to have to uh, beat us downfield. And uh, when teams don't do that, uh, he's actually very efficient underneath and on and, and shorter throws. What we found so far, though, is just that, you know, going against our defense, which is super aggressive, we've had to extend the ball downfield a little bit more. So that timing and chemistry will only improve as we get more game reps throughout the season. Uh, as much as you try to emulate that in practice, I think game reps are, are so crucial for true timing in the passing game. But I do believe um, uh, from intermediate to quick game to short to deep, we're going to try to attack the entire field. So that won't change. Hopefully our efficiency can stay high. You mentioned having an inexperienced tight end group, but you have Mike Zacone back to coach them. Yeah, we're pumped to have him back. And again, I love our coaching staff. Some of the additions that we've had added, uh, I think, just increased the uh, the strength of that coaching staff and how we can coach up our, our great, talented, young group of men. But I do believe him back at the tight end position is crucial, especially with him and Cade Sisri graduating, Luke Hescock out for this year. So those, the top three tight ends from last year all gone we're going to need to see some guys step up there and right now it's been a, a handful of guys that have all bring something different to the table it's not a clear number one as of today what do you expect will be your base formations offensively will we see a lot of two backs I know you like a lot of multiple wide receiver sets yeah I think right now um, we're going to kind of see early in the game what Alfred's going to give us and then we have an adjustment but um, we're ready to go tight, we're ready to go spread, and everywhere in between. I, I honestly think the answer is going to be a combination of all three. I think uh, we'll still utilize some tight end sets, but I also know right now that tight end group's got to show that they're um, delivering on their end to help us be an efficient offense. I think at times we've shown the ability to really spread it out this this uh, this camp, which is different than maybe we've done in the past, but because we had such strength in the tight end the last couple of years, we didn't have to do that as much because we were younger at receiver. Well, now we flip the script. We're, we're more experienced at receiver, younger at tight end. And we just talked about running backs. There'll be times where there's going to be one, two, sometimes three running backs out on the field because uh, we got to do a really good job keeping an eye, making sure we're getting that young talent some experience early in the season. But um, I don't think we'll look completely different. Like from the outside eye, I don't think we're going to look different from what we were in the past in terms of where we're going to align. It's just going to be, again, you know, so many different new faces between a new starting quarterback, basically four or five new starting offensive linemen, new starting tight ends. I mean, mathematically, there's just a lot of new faces out there. So we're going to try to figure out, based off of how teams are playing us, what does that group do well to get them in a, in a confidence and a rhythm. And I still think it's going to come down to having balance, being able to run and pass it when we want to pass it and run it versus always being dictated by the defense. On the defensive side of the ball, you keep losing great talent and keep developing great new young talent behind it. Chad Karpowicz stepped up, a young guy, Anthony Romano at linebacker. You've had a real knack 
for guys that don't have a lot of experience stepping right into a starting role and doing well. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with where our defense is at. We knew that was going to be the strength on paper with what we were bringing back experience, and they've they've hit the ground running in preseason camp. Um, I think we've actually established more depth up front than we've had. Um, obviously, got to replace a, a big loss was Naj and no, it was Naj Johnson, but Alex Karpovich did a really good job last year stepping in. And yeah, honestly, by the way, I'm sorry I called him Chad. That's quite <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, <laughs> Alex, I know um, who you are. <laughs> yeah, but I think with um, with Alex um, Alex Karpovich coming back, and then Joel Kraft with experience, Connor Guns coming back again, experience and healthy. And then we threw in, you're going to see three or four new faces of guys that maybe didn't have a significant role last year that especially in terms of rushing the passer have been doing a really good job. Now, again, I keep that in, in eyes. We've been seeing them go against our young offensive line, so now they have to do it against more experienced old lines that, that they're going to face. Our linebacker group is as strong as ever and as deep as ever. Um, so legit, we'll have some guys that are maybe second or third on our depth chart that are deserving to potentially be starters. we got to find ways to get them involved, obviously, with defense and special teams, and then have an experience on the back end. That's that's the ability to combine at all three levels. Uh, if we can stay healthy, um, and again, we're not, not perfect, but that defense has been playing pretty well right now. So we're going to go in the mindset that um, we're going to be aggressive on defense as always. Hopefully they'll do a good job keeping the scores down so to help an offense early on, a younger offense, not feel like we got to go out and score significant high points to win games. Now it's going to be about making sure we can, on our own, ease into that efficiency. I feel like in a lot of ways the secondary dictates a lot of what you do defensively. If those guys can cover, then you can bring the big blitzes and not worry about leaving somebody on one-on-one coverage. Yeah, we've... From where we were a couple of years ago, we really made it a concerted effort in the recruiting process and then recruiting versatile athletes. So a handful of our um, DBs right now would be really good receivers, so they had good ball skills. Uh, we've increased length and athleticism uh, between the safety and the corner position. And, and again, we got to make up for a couple of safeties that are graduating. So I won't say the whole, we'd have it all figured out, but the depth of the corner position allows us to probably get some better cover guys on the field. And um, anyone that plays us knows that we, we're going to still pressure. We're still going to play some man-to-man. Can you mix in when you're coming, when you're not coming? Can we make that other O-line and on the other quarterback not feel comfortable? That's half the battle versus always feeling like you got to get hits on the quarterback. Yes, everyone looks at the stat of sacks, but sometimes that uh, increase of uncomfortability by that quarterback matters just as much. So um, I know they've done a really good job between mixing coverages in and some pressure, some zone. And ultimately, right now, I feel like with our linebacking crew and our front seven now, including that defensive line, we're going to be able to win a little bit more maybe than always having to bring pressure to to get home. Uh, Vicente Lyon is out, a great punter, but you've got Toby Weffering who can place kick and punt. Is he scheduled to do both right now? Yeah, that's the uh, that was a big loss uh, over the summer losing Vicente, who had a you know he was our rookie of the year last year. I thought he was very valuable in the special teams and winning that field position. So having him out where we thought we were going to have a really good competition and battle between the two. Um, we have an incoming first-year Luke Montaigne who's going to do well competing with uh, Toby. Right now Toby is, is higher. Um, and we still are evaluating a couple other guys to see because that it does take on a lot of kicking duties if one guy's handling all of them. So I would say that the special teams is also a work in progress in terms of figuring out exactly who the personnel is going to be for certain kicks. Um, through the two, two and a half weeks of preseason, um, we've used a couple different guys and we've been uh, fairly productive. So 
we'll see how it shakes down in week one, but I think you might see some new faces jumping in there just so that uh, Weffering doesn't have to do all of them. In the kick return game, again, Denham and Boswell are two of the best. Sometimes you put them out there and they don't kick to them. So, and I know you like to break young guys in as return men. So who are you looking at to return? You're right on cue, Ted. Uh, we have a couple of young guys, and I go back to those young offensive running backs who that might be a way for them to, to get on the scene. Um, and we've had, we've had the fortunate ability to play some younger returners over the years. You know, Rayshon Boswell, when he was a young guy, no one knew about him. And uh, Shaquille Matthews before him and, and uh, Tim Denham, when they were younger, that was their way. So we have a couple young running backs, um, EJ Taylor, Caleb Nicholas, uh, Nick Gaffney are all guys who could get involved in the run game, uh, return game, I should say. Um, I still think there'll be times where you're going to see Tim and Ray back there um, as returners, um, just I think that's the first play of offense for us, so we're going to be pretty aggressive in our thinking. But I also think that we have the ability for some younger guys, and there's a couple other receivers that could get in the mix too. But you know, we have uh, right now eight eight capable kick returners, I would say, if we were going into this game ready to go. Not all eight are going to get reps, but I do believe we've built in some depth there. And um, we're fortunate that you know, hopefully uh, if we have more experience at the running back and the wide receiver position, that might be a way to get some younger guys a first touch here and there. So uh, don't be surprised if you see a couple of those guys out there on Friday. I know it's all about team and, and you don't like to single people out, but give us a few names of first years that you think are ready to make an immediate impact. And I think that's a testament to the fact that we don't need the first years. This is the first time in a couple of years where we don't need the first years. There will be some first years out there. Uh, I think right now, we're, we're, if we stay healthy on defense, we got some really good young guys on defense, but you're not necessarily going to see them right away. Hopefully, you'll see their roles on special teams. On offense, you're going to see more younger guys in the mix between O-line, um, you know, in the, in the comp- competition for the quarterback play and at running back, tight ends. So I, I think you're going to see more of them on offense. But there's really not one or two that jump out. I think we're still evaluating guys through. This first week, we have a varsity and a JV game. As we do in week two, we have a varsity and JV game. By the time we get to week three and not looking too far ahead, that bye week, I think we're going to have a really good sense of which of these first years who literally just unpacked their stuff, are still kind of learning, which of them start to get in a groove now that classes have started and can balance out the time management to be a great student and a great athlete. Those are the first years that usually by week two, week three, are the ones that can show you they can help you when you get into league play. Um, but I can tell you right now, we did a period yesterday against our defense where we still had guys missing assignments, and they were a lot of the younger guys. So uh, I don't want to single out just one guy. I'm pleased with where our young group's at. I, I think they're going to add value right away in terms of Friday. But I also think their best value is going to be shown here in the next coming weeks and by the middle to the end of the season once they start to kind of get their groove, build some confidence, and really show the sustainability that they can kind of know our offense, defense, and special team schemes. You have a beneficial schedule this year, six games at home, but one of the away games at Ithaca, oh, and forever. And I know, you, you know you're not looking at that, and, but how do you get over the hump and win a game down there and, and get this Liberty League title? Well, until you just brought them up, they they weren't in my thinking. Uh, we know all of our focus is going to be all in on Alfred. The only way I know we're going to beat Ithaca at Ithaca is to take care of Hobart right now, um, and that's the, the that's the truth. Uh, we haven't even thought about them. We haven't done any breakdowns. Um, it'll be a big game, uh, as always, because we'll open up league play at there. Um, extra big for them because they're going to be starting a, a brand-new turf field. will be the first game on it, and they have the bye week for us. So there's a lot of advantages that are going for them. Our job right now is to focus on Hobart, focus on what we need to do this week. Um, I can tell you we're going to be a significantly different team by the time we eventually have to travel down to Ithaca. 
but I know literally over the next 48 hours here, we have a lot to get ready to, to go beat Alfred, a, a tough Alfred place to play, you know, at night at their place Friday night. It's the first week of classes. We got a lot of things to kind of figure out on our end before we need to worry about an opponent down the road. So we got to get our one and zero this week from there. We'll, uh, we'll refocus and regroup. We got some other opponents before we face on that team down South, uh, in Ithaca, but as of right now, all of all of our focus is on Hobart. We feel like if we can take care of Hobart and take care of controlling our controllables, we'll be in a position that at that point we'll be ready to compete. All right, last words. What's what do you want to say to the team and to the families and the fans before kickoff Friday night? Everyone's so eager to compete, and, and I just uh, I want to thank everybody for um, you know what we've done so far, and, and really to have their guys. Uh, I think we have a pretty good laser focus, and I just re- kind of remind our fans, you know, we are a work in progress here. Uh, this is going to be a very unique team. I say that every year. Don't don't carry over anything from previous years. Um, but be excited about this group. They're hungry, they're focused, and uh, we're going to grow and get better every day. And I guarantee when it's time to compete, we're going to be ready to compete. Coach Kevin DeWall of the Statesman opening up at Alfred Friday night, 7 o'clock. You'll hear that game on WEOS. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to get your podcasts. And, of course, you can get all your athletics news up to the minute at hwsathletics.com. Until next time, have a great football week.